presented by American Fuel and Petrochemical Manufacturers. Hey, good morning. I'm Playbook co-author Rachel Bade. It's Wednesday, February 14th. Happy Valentine's Day to all you lovebirds. Make sure you give your special someone a sloppy smooch this morning. After a failed gubernatorial run and a second chance granted by the grace of none other than George Santos, veteran New York Democrat Tom Suozzi is headed back to Washington to the House of Representatives. Suozzi defeated Republican Maisie Phillip yesterday in a special election in Queens and Long Island. The results allowed Democrats to claim momentum in a critical election year when, obviously, control of the House and the presidency are on the ballot. This race featured many of the same themes that both parties are talking about when it comes to 2024 campaigns like immigration and crime. So expect Democrats to be crowing today and saying there is hope for them yet. Story number two. The second time was the charm for the House GOP. They finally managed to impeach DHS Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas by one vote last night. The question now, of course, is what does the Senate do? Majority Leader Chuck Schumer said the chamber won't receive articles until after the President's Day recess. And our Burgess Everett has reported that we should expect a quick disposition, a vote to dismiss or bottle up the charges in committee, but certainly not a long trial. Item number three, the supplemental slog. Despite the urgency surrounding aid for Ukraine, Israel, and Taiwan, it's becoming increasingly clear, well, as if it wasn't already, that moving foreign assistance through the House is going to be difficult, if not impossible. Speaker Johnson yesterday insisted that he has no plans to take up the Senate-passed $95 billion national security bill, though one senior GOP aide noted that he didn't exactly rule out breaking up the package eventually for individual votes. Johnson instead said he intends to focus on passing appropriations bills and allowing his members to put forward their own proposals on these matters. He's also asking the White House for a one-on-one meeting with Joe Biden. But as of right now, Johnson's own senior leadership team remains entirely in the dark about what the speaker is planning. We caught up last night with a bunch of GOP insiders, and every single one of them told us that it appears Johnson doesn't have a plan and is sort of flying by the seat of his pants on Ukraine and Israel. He does have a reputation for dithering in the face of tough decisions, and that, of course, is a habit that has irked some of his own GOP colleagues. And there's been talk about adding H.R. 2, the House Republicans' border crackdown, to some sort of Ukraine funding bill, but there's uncertainty whether that can even pass and whether Johnson could lose his gavel for doing that. There is talk of breaking up the Senate package and allowing individual votes on these various foreign assistance pieces, but there's not clarity that conservatives on the Rules Committee will even allow that. And then there's a bunch of Republicans who are speculating, smartly so, that any Ukraine aid is flat out dead in the House and is not going anywhere. As one Republican told me last night, Kevin McCarthy would have a strategy, he'd shop it around, and he'd make a play call. The more I'm around Johnson, the more it's clear to me he doesn't have a plan. Meanwhile, defense hawks who want to see a vote on Ukraine have been holding their fire and saving their political capital for another bill that is coming to the House floor later this week, the FISA reauthorization. There's a fight right now going on between House intelligence Republicans and GOP members on the Judiciary Committee over whether law enforcement should get warrants to wiretap non-citizens. As for the other end of the spectrum, there's been a lot of talk by Democrats about a discharge petition, trying to make basically an end run around Johnson to force the supplemental to the House floor for a vote. It would obviously pass with more than 300 lawmakers expected to vote for this. The problem is actually getting it to the floor for a vote. 
I heard last night that this conversation dominated Hakeem Jeffries' leadership meeting, and it's also expected to play a central role in this morning's caucus meeting with Democrats. But pretty well-placed Democratic sources tell me this is a long shot. For one, we don't see a lot of Republicans raising their hand to sign a discharge petition. And maybe that's a little surprising because in the past, we have heard GOP members say that they're open to it to, for example, avert a government shutdown or make sure the debt ceiling isn't breached. Those same type of members, they're not actually talking about this right now. But Democrats could actually have a problem on their own side. I heard from a senior member of the Congressional Progressive Caucus last night, and this person told me that as many as 30 to 35 liberal members are not going to want to give Israel more aid when they continue to bomb Gaza. And we're already starting to hear from some of these members. Last night, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, the leader of the squad, said on CNN that she doesn't think she could support those Senate pass supplemental. And she cited a lot of the same reasons that the CPC member who talked to me last night was also articulating. Now, I will mention that two other well-placed Democratic sources think it's only going to be about 10 to 15 progressives who will refuse to sign on to a discharge petition. But That means that there's a lot of Republicans who will be needed to get around Johnson, something like a dozen or more. And that's a tall order. I mean, if Donald Trump was able to pressure Republicans to reject a border deal that was chock full of conservative policy wins, it's definitely hard for me to see how these lawmakers are going to stand against their own party leadership for assistance to another country. Democrats are also discussing if there's ways to sort of break up this discharge petition or use another procedural maneuver. So some of their members could vote for Ukraine, but not Israel funding. But there's a lot of uncertainty about exactly how this will work. So stay tuned for more information on this in the coming days. It's certainly going to be a hot topic on Capitol Hill. As for the rest of your schedule today, the Senate is out for its President's Day recess. The House is in and is getting ready to tackle FISA's reauthorization. And lastly, President Joe Biden will have lunch with Secretary of State Antony Blinken this afternoon. I'm Rachel Bade. Thanks for listening. The EPA is set to finalize a regulation designed to end the sale of new gas and diesel cars, regardless of what drivers want, need, and can afford. Polling shows that Americans think the Biden EPA is moving too far too fast. President Biden, stop the EPA's car ban. Vehicle policies can't just work for some of us, they should work for all of us.